Welcome to the Imbibe Live Conversations podcast with Amy Parker and Cheryl Dunn. By tuning in, you are joining a community that will inspire you to increase balance, wellness, and joy in your life. We will offer expert information and insightful conversations to help us all on our journey to live more in vibe. For more information and articles, remember to also check out our website at imbibelife.com. That's E-N-V-I-B-E-L-I-F-E.com. We're grateful that you are here. Hi, welcome to Invibe Life Conversations. Today, it's all about Amy and Cheryl, or I guess it is. I don't know. So we've had a lot of people ask us different questions about ourselves, and Cheryl and I are always like shocked. <laughs> we we kind of started the podcast thinking we were doing it to bring other people right to light, and not really that we ourselves were that interesting. But I guess. People are interested even, Cheryl, in just kind of why we're doing this and how we got started and what would make us want to do something like this. That's really been a labor of love or a passion project for us more than anything else. So we thought we would just kind of, we. and by the way, we have absolutely no idea where this is going. We're just starting. (laughs) We're going to see how it goes and tune in or tune out at your leisure. Right? (laughs) So... From Mike's perspective, Amy earlier in the week was, we were talking about this, people asking questions that we would do this interview kind of set up. And so I am going to interview Amy. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be a little more free form. So we'll see how it goes. Well, it's going to yeah. be free okay. form. It is going to be okay. free form. And this might be some questions that um, maybe don't have anything to do with Invite, but it will kind of help Oh, and that's fine too. Amy, and that, that's know? fine too. Yeah. So I was thinking about when I very first meet someone, maybe as a client or just, I have these thoughts going through my head and I think, oh, you're being nosy. Mm. And it's nosy just because I like to know about people. I like to know about them. Like, so I'm going to give you a quick list and you can just throw this all out there. I think the things I like to know is where are you in the birth order? You know, what's your, what's your sign? What's your astrological sign? Uh, married, kids, pets, boys or girls as kids, and where all have you lived your entire life? Different places. Okay. So <laughs> um, I'll try to remember all of those. Yeah. Call me out on whatever I forget. Okay. I am, this is actually one of the interesting things about me. I'm the youngest of four children. The interesting thing is there's a 19-year spread between my oldest brother and myself and all the same parents. It wasn't two marriages or anything like that. My mother always kind of had this thing. She said, I took my babies as God gave them to me. You know, it kind of was what it was. She and my dad were married when they were very young. She was 17 years old when they got married. And a year, a little over a year later, my oldest brother was born. So another fun fact, my oldest brother and my mother were 18 years apart in age. My oldest brother and I are 19 years apart in age. Process that in your mind. Wow. So, um, and then I have a brother 15 years older than I and a sister nine years older than I. The only one I really ever grew up with kind of in a more traditional sibling relationship was my sister. I don't really remember ever living with either of my brothers or anything like that. So I wouldn't say they were quite like uncles for me, but they weren't quite like brothers. I don't know. It was sort of a weird and different dynamic for me. Um, Okay. Born in Rosenberg, Texas, which is a small town outside of Houston. Um, Lived there until I my first year in college. I went to school in Nashville. It wasn't exactly the right school for me. Came back home to Texas, came to UT Austin the next year. 
um, and didn't even think I was going to like it. But I thought, oh, this is a good option for me. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. It's a, you know, supposed to be a great city, a great school. Fell in love with Austin while I was there. Um, I had met my husband right after I graduated from call uh, from high school when I was 18 years old, never in a million bazillion years thought I was, I didn't even know if I wanted to get married at that point, much less that I was going to meet someone that early. Um, he had been at UT and had had to come home because of uh, financial difficulties in his family. And so when I came back, he decided to come too. So we were here together in Austin, both loved Austin, stayed here for almost 10 years at that point. Was he older than you? A year older. A year older. Two okay. years older in school, but like I was old yeah. in my grade. He was younger than yeah. his kind of thing. Um, and we didn't know each other in high school. We went to two different high schools that were from the same hometown. We didn't okay. meet until after we were out of high school. Um, then when we were, then, you know, we were here for almost 10 years until my oldest son was born, who's now 24 years old. We moved back to the Houston area or Fort Bend County in Texas for my husband to work in his family business, which we eventually bought and everything else. We reached a certain point about 11 years late. Oh, and at that point I had said, I'll give you five years. By the time Jackson, my oldest, who was a baby, starts kindergarten, I want to be back in Austin. Mm-hmm. Fair deal. Okay. Five, you know, and at the end of five years, I need five more years. And like, you know, yeah. and we kind of tried in there and it never, telecommuting wasn't what it was now. And so we were in Houston. Plus, um, again, you know, I kind of had older parents. And by the time we moved back, both of them started having health difficulties. My father passed away just a year or so after I moved back to Houston. And within a year after that, my mother started having significant cardiac and other issues. And so being near her became important to me at that point too. Um, She passed away in 2008. And within a year after that, I started having that urge again and asked. um, My husband traveled all the time, um, was out of town at least two or three days a week anyway. I said, if you're going to be traveling anyway, can we move to Austin? And I live where I really want to live. And just something always, there's just something instinctive that pulled me here. I don't know. It was probably to meet people like Cheryl and things like Invibe Live. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows God's plan is just this big instinctive knowing that it's where I wanted to be. So at that point we moved back to Austin and have been here now for the last 13 years. So long answer to a short question, lifelong Texan pretty much, except for one little um, blip in time. Um, Now, my very favorite thing in the world to do is travel besides maybe read is travel. And so I'm kind of making up for not having lived anywhere else by visiting a lot of other places constantly. Yeah. All right. So what else was in there? I have three sons, Jackson, Brady, and Rhett. They are 24, 21, and 17 years old. Did I miss anything? Two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> who you can hear snoring. Chewy is a Cavalier King Charles, um, soon to be seven years old. Fifi is a not yet one year old French bulldog. I love it. I love it. I just I think those are all kind of yeah interesting. Guys. Oh, your sign. Oh, I'm very <laughs> Scorpio. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and an interesting fact is, a, three of my very close friends and my husband are all Scorpio. <laughs> Which yeah. I, you know that was a ch- I mean me being a Capricorn. I'm putting all these Scorpios in my life. I'm like, what was I, what am I thinking? And I've always, <laughs> since I was a kid, had good friends who were Capricorn. 
Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I've known three different people in my life whose birthdays were January 13th. Oh, and yours is the, the 14th. 14th. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Isn't that funny? So interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So like you, Stacy, Holly, and Stephen, you, all your birthdays are within uh-huh. like one's the 27th, one's the 28th, one's, you know, you're the uh-huh. third. I mean, it's all super close. Everybody's the same. Okay. So another question. Okay. So if somebody asks you, what is your passion in life? Maybe what is it in general, like all over, or what is it today? That's up to you how you want to answer that. Um, wow. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one, especially because I'm already thinking how much do I want to share? Yeah, of course. Right? You know, like this yeah. is one of those vulnerability things. I think that, um, here are things I'm passionate about. Besides my family, right? Just, yeah. just Amy things and my marriage, which has, you know, become really the center point of my life. Um, reading, oh. a lifelong prolific reader. Um, I'm going to say expressing myself creatively has become extremely important to me. And I've always known I wanted to write and still do. And I'd like to write fiction just for those of you out yeah. there and have a couple projects I'm starting to work on right now. It's been that thing I've always kind of put off till after the kids were older and I was able to have, I'm not someone who can um, sit down for 20 minutes here and there. I need to like Both have sometimes. absolutely no one bother me for 12 hours and maybe for seven days in a row and I can produce a huge volume of stuff if that happens. And that's, that's not a stay at home mom life. It's just not, it's quite the opposite. And so that's what I'm hoping to get into more. But I think I realize now it's a piece of the puzzle or an expression of the puzzle, which like even through in vibe life, it's, um, kind of sharing or communicating with others. Um, I love it when something I do gives someone something to think about or maybe changes the way they'd look at something or talk about something, even if it's just a, huh, hadn't thought about that like Mm -hmm. that before. I love things like that. Um, And then, like I said before, extremely passionate about travel, love seeing different cultures and places and people, paces of life even, just different ways of going about things. I love it. I love it. Okay, so this might be a little morbid question, but just okay. something that I feel like people ask. At your funeral, what do you want people to say about you? Oh, um, and that's a tough one, isn't it? I think I would love it if people felt I made a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would probably, I, I just got choked up by I know, saying that's a that. T- that's a <laughs> so, I mean, even, so that must be true. Like, I must yeah. be saying the right thing. Yeah. Um, that I made a difference to them or that I, I made it. a difference in their lives. I feel that way. So mm. there we go. There's one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, get up and say it, sister. Like, make sure someone does. I'll make sure. I'll make sure. The burden's on your shoulders now. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I am, uh, I'm, a t- I'm an, at a funeral. I am like that person that cannot say anything without completely bawling. But I'll make sure that I say so, it here. Right, here's another tears. interesting fact about me. All right, this is so bizarre to say, but um, one of my purposes in life that not many people would know, I feel deeply was one of my purposes in life was to help both of my parents pass. Yeah. And I think it is one of the reasons I was put into their lives because I was very much there um, and engaged and in the moment with them, even when the moment lasted weeks and weeks or months and months. And I think one of the things that prepared me for that in this bizarre and morbid way 
Um, I come from this huge Czech family on both sides. And so this is another very interesting thing about me. Like my mother was first generation American. I'm only second generation American. English was not my mother's first language. People would not think that about me or my family. Um, from looking at me, I look very mainstream and I didn't grow up anything like a typical middle-class American family. It was much, much more immigrant, um, culturally different sort of thing. But these huge tech families, my mother was the youngest of 10 children. Wow. My father was um, a little past the middle of nine children. And I'm the youngest grandchild on both sides because, again, my parents had me kind of, oh, look, yeah. look what happened to us yeah. here, you know, later in life. <laughs> and so I, um, all of my life, have been to more funerals than I can begin to count. Wow. Because, wow. you know, all of these aunts, uncles that I maybe even knew didn't know, cousins, this, that, and others, I have such a huge family. Really? It passed away because I was the youngest child. I was living at home. And my, I mean, it, it, that was, it was, my parents were people who, um, it was very important to them to honor people when they died. And so they made, I mean, every it, funeral, they made right? every single mm-hmm. one. And, and, and that you was, were being tagged along And to I it. was there along with them. It's mm-hmm. kind of this bizarre thing in my life that I haven't even really thought fully about until we just started talking about it now that I think. It, and maybe that needs to tie in with writing somehow. So stay tuned. I don't know <laughs> that is out there somewhere right. because I did, um, I profoundly realized that after the deaths of my parents. Yeah. But what a gift, mm-hmm. you know, what a gift. Speaking of gifts, this would be another one of my next questions. If you could gift anything to anyone, what would it be? It'd be travel. travel. And I have done that. And yeah. I mean, I, I would, and I have, yeah. um, from uh, like something that I actually could gift them, it would be travel. Um, something that's harder to gift people that I wish I could wave a magic wand for some people is happiness. Yeah. You know, yeah. or um, even just, you know, and everything that Cheryl and I have learned. And we, we were talking about this just before we started this exact interview right mm-hmm. now, this exact mm-hmm. podcast. Like sometimes everything we know and are trying to share with our InVibe Life community about the power of now and how um, meditation and mindfulness practices and things like this can make such a huge difference in your life and in helping you cope with pain. But some of the people in our lives closest to us don't want, I mean, we're not the people they want to hear this from or they're not ready to hear it. It's I just wish I could, with some people in my life, let them know First of all, how loved they are and how some um, differences could really make a difference to them and just like wave a magic wand and grant them that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, I don't have any other questions. Oh. Is there anything else? I mean, I do. The one other one I was going to say, but I think you've kind of answered it is like, you know, well, I guess here's a good question. Like, we got an in-vibe life and we've been doing this for a little over two years mm-hmm. now. But Amy was way into what I feel drew us into in-vibe life 15 years before we ever did it, right? Yeah, so probably. what was the spark that said, okay, now this is the platform or this is – now it's time to do something. Wow. Yeah, okay. So I've been super spiritual and intuitive my whole life. 
I don't think I've even fully explored my full intuitive range of abilities um, yet. I think um, the difference maker for me was a combination of factors, some of them very material and concrete, and some of them very going along with that purpose of wanting to affect the way people think about things or just putting ideas into the world Mm -hmm. to give people to think about those things like Mm -hmm. that. I think that desire that propels me and is coming more and more to the forefront in my life has always been there. At the same time, I started looking at different ways to share some of, again, exactly what I just said on, I wish I could help some people know how much help they could get from some of these yeah. principles. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this Cheryl and I have been talking for a couple of years, you know, of combining some of the things I love, the meditation and mindfulness, um, even reading books and sharing some of these experiences with movement and um, other things like that. And I had been looking at even opening like a day spa, mm-hmm. but the day spa being more like, like I've gone to Mirabal and in places like that, where you have this um, holistic, this huge, holistic, comprehensive, immersive program where you have nutritionists come in and you have psychics come in and you have just a little bit of everything, sort of what speaks to you, what do you need right now? And you can leave there with such a profound difference in your life. But it's not easy for everyone or um, cost able, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I guess cost prohibitive mm-hmm. for a lot of people to go to Arizona for three or four days and do that. And it's not an inexpensive thing to do. So I had been thinking of what could I do in kind of a day spa format to bring that sort of experience where people, if it's, if you just have a morning or one day or something like that, you can go get some of those benefits even for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And as I got into it more and more, I realized more and more, I don't even need to do it in a physical 3D setting. I can do it virtually. Mm-hmm. And so started looking Thank God at... Thank we did because of COVID hit. Right. <laughs> and, we, and we opened during COVID. So, oh my goodness, it would have been such a hardship if yes. I had this lease somewhere yeah. that I was trying to deal with. Um, and so I started looking at, and I came up with this idea for Invibe Live, started looking at the platform and doing it. And then Cheryl and I had a conversation one day and she said, Hey, guess what? I'm going to start a podcast. And I was like, Hey, guess what? I kind of thinking about it too. And, and then that <laughs> here we are. Boom. Yeah. Let's yeah. Invibe Live. I love it. I think that this helps people know a little bit more about you. And yeah. I think these things, I don't know. I like to know people mm-hmm. and dive into that, what makes them who they are today. And so I won't rat her out. She may never listen to this, but I was having a conversation with one of my friends of, oh my gosh, at least 20 years just yesterday. And she and I both started sharing some things about ourselves that both of us said, I never, ever knew that about you. Wow. Isn't that? Yeah. To just really like, man, that just adds. And it was like for both of us kind of hardships in our life. Yeah. And for both of us, I think we felt like, gosh, I'm so grateful to know you yes. that much better. Now, yes. like, I don't view you negatively for that. I view you no. as being more strong. Yeah. It puts a little that. bit bigger bond yeah. there, exactly. too. You know? Okay, so let's start with some of the same questions. Give um, Cheryl Dunn's background in biography <laughs> Yeah, in about three minutes. Go. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, so I am the youngest of three. I have two older brothers. Um, one was six years older than me, and I say was because he has passed. And my other one is two years older than me. I'm the only girl. I was the only girl in the entire family until I was 16 years old. Um, I'm married, and I have two boys, so still the only girl. Except for I also have a girl French bulldog who yeah. just turned one last week, um, Stella. And then I have a boxer who's six, Dudley, who's crazy. So uh, I'm a Capricorn. We talked about that. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Houston, Texas, Cyprus, which is kind of a suburb of Houston. And I went to LSU for college, so I lived in Baton Rouge. After that, I moved back to Houston for not too long. Had a job there, transferred the job, and lived in New Orleans. After that, and after New Orleans, I moved to Dallas and lived there for a little while. And from Dallas, I moved to Los Angeles, lived there for many years, um, met my, well, now I actually met my husband way back in the New Orleans stint, but we were friends. He's also, he's from Louisiana. Yeah, he's from Louisiana. Um, we were friends for seven years before we ever dated, so he was living in Los Angeles at the same time I was. We started dating and literally were married quickly. Within less than a year, we were married. And from L.A., we moved to Sonoma, California, and lived in Northern California. Um, and then when we decided we were going to have children, then I was like, okay, I kind of want to raise my kids in Texas. <laughs> and... At, we got married out in California, but my parents had a big party at their house. And after that party the next day, I said, we're going to drive to Austin because this is where we're going to be. So we drove to Austin. We spent one night here and I'm like, he'd never been. He didn't really know much about Texas at all. I was like, we're going to live in Austin. This and is so when do. was this? 19? This was 2003. Okay. Because we, I got married later in life. I was, I had just turned, well, I was... 29 and a half when we got married. So almost 30. Um, so we met much later in life compared to Amy and John. Mm -hmm. So after our wedding, we spent one night in Austin, Texas. We went back to Sonoma, lived there a year, and then packed everything up, took a road trip, and moved to Texas. And we've been here now 18 years, I guess. That's, you know, we won't be And how long 19, have you been married? You've been married 19. Okay, and I've been married, married 29 years. I felt to say that. Hi, it's Amy. If you're enjoying the content you're hearing on this podcast, then Cheryl and I hope that you'll go check out our website at inviblife.com. On the website, you will find tons of articles, our archive podcast, links to our social media, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all where you can find more information on curating the life you most want in order to live in vibe. We hope you'll check it out. Fun fact I'll put about me and John. Here's married 29 years. We've been doing the Wordle lately, my whole family. And it's like you come up with these letters and words. It's this big trend. Um, just a few weeks we've been doing it. There have been two times that John and I, you have up to six guesses on our tries, had exactly the same letters in every single line to come up with the word. That's why you've taken pictures of it. <laughs> and that, that just happened this morning, which was bizarre. And I mean, 
I, I won't, I guess that this will air, but the word was scare, S-C-A-R-E. We both started with stare. That's my okay, starter so word. Okay. And so he has adopted my starter word, stare. We both next went to share. We both next went to spare. We both next went to snare. And then we both on our fifth try arrived at scare in exactly, precisely the same order. That is, is that bizarre. not crazy? That's crazy. crazy. Just, there's that. another fun fact. Okay. I want to share some fun facts about you now that I know that I don't know if everyone else does. And so we've talked about how you've had a lifelong um, career in, I don't know, movement or how physicality has always been a cornerstone or important in your life. You were a competitive gymnast when you were young. So talk about that a little. Um, I started gymnastics when I was three and... Loved it. I remember that, and I was always in gymnastics. It was just always what I did. I was on the team and loved that. I remember every summer when you had to kind of re-sign up, my mom would say, don't you want to do piano this year? Don't you want to do piano? And I would be like, no. She goes, well, when you're 80, you'll be able to play that piano and you won't be able to do gymnastics. And I was like, not me. Not me. When I'm 80, I'm going to be doing backflips. Now, with that being said, I am 49, almost 50, and I don't do backflips on the floor, but with my job, I'm still kind of doing backflips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, and I can say this every once in a while in gyro, there are a few things that you have to almost suspend yourself and flip over, and she'll be like, here, just do it. Look how easy it is. Like, no, it is, that does not come naturally to most people, Cheryl. I know. It is not. <laughs> I, I think that little, like, dare kind of thing has always been... Um, Like, I don't have fear of certain things, you know, like I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. If there was always a sport like, hey, try this, try that. I was the first one. Yeah, sign me up. I want to do it. And I think that could have been a little bit to do with the family I was raised in with two older brothers, you know, and we always had horses. It was kind of like. You know, if I started to cry and say I can't do something, the the thing was that I always heard my family say was can't never could do anything. Yeah. We don't want to hear it. Get up and go. And literally, I'd get thrown from a horse and I'd be laying on the ground crying. And my dad was like, I, "You can cry all you want, but you got to get back on right now." You know, you just had to get. And that's kind of a metaphor for, I think, how I've I've lived my life. It's like, yeah, whatever, get back up. Keep going. You got it. And you know, there's some good and bad with that. It gives me not a whole lot of sympathy when my husband comes to me and tells me he's sick. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another little known fact about you. You kind of glimpsed over, glazed over that, and I lived, moved to LA. Oh, right. You moved to LA for what reason? I moved to LA to pursue acting. Yeah. So yeah. Tell everyone. I, I had taken, I guess I started with acting classes back in Houston. And did that there. I went to LSU and studied business marketing. At the end of my LSU career, I was like, oh, I kind of want to do nutrition. But it was too late, really, that I'd have to been in school longer. And I was not going to stay in school I had that, too, with communications. Yeah. How funny. And thought, I'm not going to... not going anywhere with marketing. I don't like it. Well, no. I was like, (laughs) I'm not going to take two more years to 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 do communication. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny with what I we do now. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, it's funny because so I wanted to do nutrition because I'm, I'm into that mm-hmm. movement, health and wellness thing. Um, so I then went back to Houston and got back into more like print modeling, acting classes there. And I don't know. It's just like always there was a job or there was, you know, 
I was engaged to somebody else before my husband. So I was either dealing with that or, you know, I was going to get married or I was going to take this job that kind of always put this dream of acting on the back burner. And then I think it was the last like time I called off a wedding. I was like, I'm not getting married. I'm moving to LA to become an actress. My grandmother (laughs) sat me down and she was like, what are you thinking? I'm like, this is exactly what I'm thinking. It's going to be so fun. And I did, I packed everything up and my dad and I got in his, in my car with a U-Haul behind us and we took a week and we drove to LA and we had so much fun. We stopped in Vegas, we stopped at the Grand Canyon and my dad we had we get there and my dad is like, "What is she thinking?" cuz you don't even want to know what happened when we got there. I'm not going to put that out on this podcast. <laughs> he, he was like, "I thought I was leaving you an apartment and the apartment's not here and you're staying in a hotel." That's what happened. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I didn't know that either, dad, but here we go." So you know, my dad drove me out to LA and I did, I did paralegal work for a while while I was out there, but I did that because I worked for an attorney at Universal Studios and they would allow me to leave during the day to go do auditions because most actors wait tables, bartend because auditions are during the day and then that job would be at night that could really afford them to live out there. I knew I was not qualified to wait tables at all like I I personally I go to bed at nine every night and I I have done that my entire life I you can ask my college roommates they're like come on let's go out and I'm like really really (laughs) so I knew I couldn't stay up late I knew I couldn't carry a tray like as much as I can do backflips I can walk across the floor and trip over my own two feet you know it was like that was the joke growing up she can do backflips on a balance beam and she cannot walk across the floor without falling So waiting tables kind of put this trauma and anxiety. So working for an attorney, doing paralegal work was my ammo. I loved it. I loved the structure. I think that was part of the Capricorn thing. Mm -hmm. I loved, um, I found the industry fascinating working at Universal Studios doing corporate contracts. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. So it was just something that I think sparked my interest in. I could be like, all right, got to go. And then I'll come back. And they were very... You know, I think that was just life out there. So they were like, you know, if she shows up and does her job here and she leaves for a couple hours there, here and there, she can do that. And so I did do a little bit of work while I was out there. I actually filmed um, a short movie that went to Sundance right before I was, I had, Stephen and I had gotten engaged and I got a phone call that was like, Hey, we want you to come film this. Mm -hmm. And you know, the other person, um, has backed out at the last minute, you're going to have to start filming tomorrow. And I was like, uh, Stephen and I were supposed to go to a baseball game. I said, I don't know. Let me call you back. (laughs) Which I got off the phone and I said, Stephen, they want me to come film this. And there were some people in it and there were some directors. It was was a pretty big thing. And he was like, and I said, but we're supposed to go to the baseball game. And he's like, what? This is why you moved here. And this is like a big opportunity. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So I called him back and was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll be there. And the funny part was, is and, the, and one of the things, like, you have to have your SAG card, your Screen Actors Guild, and you can't get that until you have three SAG parts. So I had gotten that, and I had worked all this time to get it. And um, the next day I'm filming, and at the last minute they were like, we need more men in this scene, right? So I call Steven. I'm like, hey, 
come over. They need more men to be in the back of the scene. At the last minute, they gave Stephen speaking a speaking role in this thing. So now he's qualified to like go get his Screen Actors Guild card, which he had so many friends that that's all they were wishing for their entire lives. They had moved out there. They're working so hard to get it. Stephen could like go get it within one day. Yeah. I mean, he was like, yeah, I got to speak in this movie today. I was like... Don't tell people that. They're going to be so mad because Steven is a physical therapist. He has zero desire to work in the film industry at all. But yeah, so then I filmed that and I had this overwhelming feeling of like, ah, I did what I came to do. So yeah, let's go. Let's move elsewhere and do something else. So I don't know. Maybe that was way more than y'all wanted to know. No, I think that's so interesting. (laughs) I I think that is definitely something that most people wouldn't know because it's such an unusual story. Oh, okay. Okay, but let's get on now to, since we don't have a lot of time left, because you asked me a similar question, I think it would be interesting to hear from you, and I'll phrase it this way, have you thought about or what do you view as your purpose in life? Mm. Um, that is a, that's a tough one. And that's funny because when I was writing these questions for you, I thought, how would you answer that? And I'm like, you know, my purpose. uh, Well, I twisted it. You asked me my greatest passions. I'm asking you your purpose. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of feel those can be one and the same. Hopefully. Um, I obviously, I feel like definitely there was a purpose for my marriage Mm -hmm. and my family. You know, and, and I'm not just going with my immediate family, I'm going with my extended family. I feel that that's a, a drawing and a knowing that happens in our lives from a much on a God level, mm-hmm. that that's kind of what we're here to do. And if you looked at my career, I feel like my purpose is to guide people to feel their feel themselves, to uh-huh. feel themselves and that that feeling can lead them to a ha- happier, healthier life. So I, I feel that that's, and maybe that can go with my family too. It's like, feel it. Mm-hmm. And whether it's the good or the bad, let's feel it. Let's work with it and let's love it and move to a better place. Well, and those feelings yeah. are really your messages from God. Yeah. Or higher power. Yeah. I, I believe at least. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of, and, and my expression of doing that obviously was through movement. Mm-hmm. And then when I felt like there was more, that's when the podcast I was like, there's mm-hmm. so much more than just feeling it physically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more to that. You got to feel what's going on mentally and spiritually. All that's a feeling to me. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. maybe that's just how it expresses in me is through feeling. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, that's funny. Cause I did think I wrote something like that. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> uh, God, 10 years. So if you think about 10 years, I'll be 59. And I, I literally, I can remember being a teenager thinking at 30, you were surely dead. Right. <laughs> so 59 to me just seems really old. <laughs> um, in 10 years. So, um, hopefully, uh, you know, Stephen and I have transitioned our business into a different space. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be one thing. And that we are working less. I don't think I'll ever not work mm-hmm. in some capacity. I, I enjoy work and I enjoy doing. Um, 
hopefully traveling more. Mm-hmm. As you know, before kids and marriage, Stephen and I both, we traveled a lot. That's slowed down, but hopefully that will pick back up. Um, I, I, you know, that I think that there's so many unknowns. That's a tough one because, like, Stephen and I often talk about having two houses elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe two smaller homes elsewhere. Uh, one in the ocean, one in the mountains, because mm-hmm. he's a mountain person. I'm a beach person. Uh, so, but then I'm like, you know, Austin was kind of my draw to place. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I don't know if I'll stay where I am in Austin because mm-hmm. we're so close in town that probably we'll move out to where it's a slower pace would be nice. Um, but like he talks sometimes about moving to the hill country and I'm like, ah. I don't know. Seems kind of like a desert to me. Every time my <laughs> husband says something like that, I'm like, yeah, but do they have Uber Eats there? I know. I'm like, you know, shopping's really far from that stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I, I honestly don't have an answer for 10 years. I'd like to be slowed down a little bit because I feel like um, I do a lot and I have a lot of projects going on. So maybe there's a little more focus and like the big thing in my life right now is core and mm-hmm. getting that up and going after COVID and it's heading that way and ramping back up. And hopefully I can get those systems to where they're a little more fluid and running themselves. So I don't have to, which is where it was before COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm sorry, that's not a good answer, but I don't well, really have it's, a definite it's an answer. <laughs> so here's a, here's another similar one. Um, I won't even say the number one, but like among the top items on your bucket list, give us one or two. Ah, uh, Israel. Oh, so that's your travel bucket that's list. That's my travel bucket list is the Middle East to see that mm-hmm. part of the world. Um, I've traveled a lot and seen many places in this world, and that's one I haven't been to. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's my travel bucket list. Other bucket list I haven't thought of like. You know, as far as adventure things, I've I've done a lot of like crazy, you know, kind of like canyoning in Switzerland, which is only legal in like Australia and Switzerland. It's this really mm-hmm. kind of, you know, crazy thing where you put on a wetsuit and a helmet and you ride down waterfalls and crazy stuff that I did before kids. You know, now I realize I have to stay alive. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if I have any like big adventure. My son wants me to go skydiving with him when he's 18. If he hasn't wrecked his car between 16 and 18, that, you know, free to be, no, it wasn't even wreck a car. It was get a a ticket period. This is Silas. So who knows uh-huh. if that'll happen. Um, but I think travel like Israel is probably my biggest bucket list. Is there anything you haven't been able to do that you wish you could, even for someone else or um, for the world? Oh, gosh. There's always more I wish I could do. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, you know, gifting things that maybe at this point in my life I can't afford. I would, there's more gifts I would probably give for that Mm -hmm. aspect. Um, I often wish that. I feel like the conversations and the message we put out through in vibe life is such a good message Mm -hmm. and would benefit so many people. I wish more could hear it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that is one, or maybe I wish that I know that like sometimes we hear things, but we're not hearing them because we're not ready to hear them Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yes. So maybe if I could, break down that barrier to where it was okay to hear something that maybe you're not comfortable with. 
Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't mean you have to agree or accept right. it all, but mm-hmm. just break down the barrier to hear it and maybe process it and whether it changes anything or not. But, you know, I think that would be an awesome thing to be able to gift that feeling of joy and love. I wish that that's something that truly could, that if you, like you said, you could wave that magic wand and give And just it. so you know, Cheryl is pretty much always this happy. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm a pretty happy person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not to say that there haven't been times right. in my life. I mean, I think there, there was a time in my life that, you know, I was pretty depressed and that's when mm-hmm. in vibe life came up. Right. Mm-hmm. It really helped me evolve out of that. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I think it's fun to be happy. It's fun to laugh. It's fun to smile. And that like deep inner joy. I just, I think that if everyone could find it and, and have it as much as possible in their lives, not that you don't honor the times that you don't have it, but, uh, you know, maybe take the opportunity and turn on a comedy and see if it makes Mm -hmm. you laugh, you know? Well, and like you just touched on it here, and I feel like you've talked about what brought you to InVibe Life many times. But for those who are listening for the first time, let them know. So they know that, yes, even a joyful person yes. struggles. Yeah, even a joyful person. Because I feel like, I like you said, I'm a pretty happy mm-hmm. person. I look through life through rose-colored glasses. And usually, usually I choose... Mm-hmm. The optimistic. Right. And it's intentional. Intentional. Yes. And I think growing up, I kind of was naturally that way. But then after my brother passed, suddenly... Five years ago? Six years. Six years ago. Six years ago. And the interesting part was the anniversary of his passing was the day Stella was born. Oh. I know. So I thought that was a little spiritual gift. But um, so that's been six years. He was 49. It was very sudden and tragic. Like a, a tragic, like he had a heart attack. So tragic in the aspect that it shook all of us up as family and friends because we didn't see it coming. So that, you know, and to be young, mm-hmm. 49 is really young. So I, it just threw us all. And especially me, I was super sad, but I think all of us were. And so it took kind of looking through this spiritual lens that Amy really guided me to look at. Cause I had grown up religious and grown oh, up again. <laughs> yeah. I had grown up religious yeah. and I had grown up going to church and I had a relationship with, mm-hmm. with God and Jesus in my life. But Amy took my viewpoint of that and expanded it greatly. So I was able to process his death and how it, Meant, what it meant to me and how that relationship that I had with my brother prior to his passing and how now it's just a different relationship that I have mm-hmm. with my brother. So it's not that he's not there. He is in a different capacity. And Amy really put me on the path and that was a path of healing. Mm-hmm. And, and not that I couldn't sit down right now and ball crying about it because I could, mm-hmm. but it just, when you can look at it from a different perspective it makes it possible to get up and keep going, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something I think that death can do to people. It makes you where you don't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't have a choice. I had mm-hmm. a husband and two kids mm-hmm. and you know, I, you, you got to get up and get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And so I think Amy really helped me on that path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you to me, but mine was my own path when I had serious illness Yeah, and had to 
had to figure out a way to, I don't want this to be my life. I don't want to be debilitated. I don't want to not be there with my kids having fun and exploring, which a lot of people with my underlying condition, that that's their, that's their reality. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of people that have your thing, they don't even know they have it, right? They don't even know I have, they have it. And like, so those who are debilitated from it, I don't want to diminish or say that they could be doing something differently. Right. I just knew that I wanted to do everything that I was capable of doing to try to live, um, live as much as possible, as long as possible, as vibrantly as possible, as long as possible. Yeah. It just, it really made that important to me. Yeah. That's a lot of information about Amy and Cheryl. And I feel like we can go on surprisingly. But we probably shouldn't. (laughs) Well, and this was a a bit of a test for us because we talk about how it's hard to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. But just like in that conversation I had with a friend yesterday, by doing so, sometimes you get to know someone better or understand them better Mm -hmm. what they're doing. And so we hope that you, who we reach out to on a weekly basis, will feel that about us now and just maybe understand where we're coming from a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us, for listening, yes, um, for being part of our healing and our growth process, because you have absolutely no idea how true that is. Mm-hmm. In Vibe Life has been a growth um, opportunity for both of us. I think we both feel so grateful for it to have been in our lives mm-hmm. and you all out there are a humongous, you're the integral part of that. Piece of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. thank you. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining our conversation today. For more information or to learn more about InVibe Life, we hope you'll visit us at www.invibelife.com. You can find links and show notes for this episode on our podcast page. Please like, follow, and leave a review for our podcast. We hope that you will listen again soon.